Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans teaching. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson and I'm glad you're with us today or whatever day it might be. Today is uh, December the 17th, uh, 2018 and it might be 2020 you're watching this on YouTube or something. But thank God for today and the way we can open God's Word and get into God's Word and, 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 and hear some things from the Holy Spirit I would pray today. This is part three of uh, Romans chapter 5, and uh, I, I, I encourage you to go to our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, go back at the very beginning, work your way through half hour session at a time, all the way back in Romans 1. <clears throat> we started uh, the book of Romans uh, back in March, so here we're about to end the year, and uh, we're just in chapter 5, and there's 16 chapters in Romans, so uh, hopefully the rapture will take place before we're done. But anyway, I want to encourage you to uh, go to that YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and avail yourself with your Bibles, your pencil, your paper, and, and hear what God is saying. Let me remind us before we get going today that when we go to church or we break forth our Bibles and we read, we study, we go to church, we hear the Word of God, that, that is not learning. It may be a part of the learning process, but it is not learning itself. Uh, there's, there's hearing, there's reading, there's studying, there's those things, but learning only takes place when the application is taking place. So we hear this teaching today, but will we walk in a place of learning, allowing the Word of God to be applied to our lives by the Spirit of God? Not just a good sermon, a good teaching, and a good feel-good message, but will I let the Lord apply to my life what I say I'm learning? Because we don't learn in a church pew, we hear. Then we leave and go to school, the workplace, the marketplace, wherever we go. And, and there's the opportunity to learn by experience what we've heard. And that's, that's really the way it works. And uh, again, it may be a part of the learning process, but, but it's not a part of the application, which I don't think actually learning can be what it needs to be without application. In Hebrews chapter 5, uh, reveals that in many other scriptures. And Jesus said, you can't be my disciple unless you take up your cross and follow me. And the word disciple means learner. <clears throat> Therefore, to be able to be able to learn of the Lord, to hear and understand what the Spirit of God is saying, and to be able to follow Him and that He's trying to lead us in, we'll have to have our faith in the cross or it won't ever work. It'll just be religion. We'll give up, quit, throw the towel in, and have that same testimony that <clears throat> the most of those who uh, one time walked with the Lord have, and that's, I used to go to church, I used to do this, I used to do that. God wants a steadfast faith, or that's the only kind that's going to make it. Amen. Well, we're in chapter 5 again of Romans, and, and today we're in verse 3. And But I'm going to back up and read verses 1, 2, and 3 so we don't uh, forget exactly the application or the revelation, the illumination of where we are right here. So let's do that. Romans 5.1, Therefore being justified by faith, you always have to hold, hold fast to that. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's through what Christ did at Calvary and our faith in that that we are justified 
and have peace with God. By whom also, the same Jesus, also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Always by faith in what justified you, the cross, will you have access into this grace, into this place where God will work in your life. Never forget, you've heard me say it, if you follow me, if you go to Crossway Church, that grace is God doing something in your life you can't do, you don't deserve to have done, you can't pay or work or earn. God's grace, God Himself moving and doing things in your life, that's what grace is, God doing something. He saved you, He teaches you, He does it all and by faith. By faith. He doesn't just show up to work, and he won't work without your faith. Peter wrote, uh, 1 Peter 1 and 5, we're kept by the power of God through faith. It takes your faith in Christ and Him crucified, what He did at Calvary, for you, for the Holy Spirit to be able to work in your life. And Galatians teaches that plainly. Very clearly. So, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, this grace, this place where God works in your life, wherein we stand. We don't stand unless God is strengthening us to stand, and that's by faith in this grace, this grace, this what God did through Christ at Calvary, through faith in that which justified you, God will make you stand. God will make you walk. Not make you, but God will strengthen you to stand, strengthen you to walk through the worst uh, situations in life. Watch this. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Those who by faith are standing in this grace, not just stood at salvation, but are standing in this grace by faith, same faith today, they're going to learn how to rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Yeah, that, folks who aren't rejoicing in hope of the glory of God are folks whose faith is not where they say it is. Guaranteed fact, revelation, Truth of God's Word. Never forget this. If your faith is right, God's grace will be flowing into your life. And again, God's grace is God at work. And now, let's, let's just knock the boat of religion. Let's go ahead and sink it and get it out of the way. And all the thoughts that say, well, God's He's doing something in my life and nobody can see it. That's an absolute false statement. Whatever God does, even if it's something in me, it's going to manifest itself on the outside of me. If I don't have the fruit of God, the fruit of the Spirit living on the outside of me that others can see, then I'm not allowing Him to work on the inside of me. And maybe I need to go back and examine and see what faith really is, what grace really is, how it all really works. Because it doesn't work because I say something spiritual every once in a while or tell folk what church I go to, who my preacher is, or what happened to me some 30 years ago. Grace, which is God doing something in my life, only takes place if my faith is in Christ and what He did for me at Calvary. That's why if you move your faith into something like the purpose-driven or you go by the book, The Best You Now, and you, and you look at all these things that you've got to do, or the, 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 the promise keepers, all these things that men uh, have brought to the table and, and pushed what God has on the table out. Y'all, listen, if you, if you say the cross, yes, and you tell God the cross is not enough. 
If it's the cross, yeah, but you're telling God the cross was not enough. When God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you because my strength is made perfect in your weakness, he's explaining grace to Paul. My strength, what I'll do in you, is made perfect right there in your very weakness. But you've got to understand, God only works in truth, Psalms 33, 4 tells us that. All His works are done in truth. The works He wants to do in you are only done in truth. And truth is a man named Jesus and what He did at Calvary is what allowed the liberty that Jesus offers, the freedom that Jesus offers only through faith in the cross. This grace wherein we stand. Verse 3 now, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Who? Now, now you got to understand when you read the writings of the Apostle Paul who were given the words to write by God the Holy Spirit, not just Paul writing something that he felt like writing. The Holy Spirit moved upon Paul to write what he wrote. And when Paul uses the word we, he's talking about we who by this faith stand in this grace, this same faith that justified us. Recently somebody asked the question, well, we know what kind of faith it took to get saved, but what kind of faith does it take to be healed and to keep your healing and those kind of questions? Well, there's only one faith. Galatians 2 and 20, write it down, make a note. Galatians 2 and 20, the apostle Paul, after he'd been born again, filled with the Holy Ghost for years, makes this comment to Peter uh, in Galatians chapter 2. You can read it in verse 20. He said, I'm crucified with Christ, yet I live, but not me that's living, but Christ in me. And the life I live now, now, as a saved, born-again, spirit-filled child of God right now, the life I live now in this flesh body, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Do you see that? That same faith that justified you is the only faith that will keep you walking in the path of the just. And that's a powerful statement, and I'm going to say something in passing just to give those who are really hungry for the Word of God, really hungering after righteousness. Watch this and write it down. I'm only going to mention it. You go check it out. Galatians chapter 2, where I just quoted that to you, was a message from Paul to Peter. And Peter made a mistake and stepped into the boat of hypocrisy when he walked away from the Gentiles and, and who were liberated by the same justifying faith that he'd been saved by and, and joined the ranks of the legalizers again, the Judaizers, the ones declaring you've got to be circumcised, you've got to be keepers of the law of Moses, just like pre preachers out there telling you today, you've got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name only to be saved. And all these rules and, 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 and things they make up outside of the Word of God. Listen, Peter. Paul stands up and rebukes Peter and he reminds him that our, we're justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. The point I want to make is this, and I want you to go check it out, that Peter was as justified as he would ever be. You're, you don't grow in your justification. You're justified or you're not justified. And when you put your faith in Christ and what He did for you at Calvary for the forgiveness of your sins, you are justified. It's a legal matter with God. He sees your faith. He, you're justified by faith. We just read it in verse 1 here in chapter 5. 
But Peter stepped out of the path, off of the path of the just, a place where God cannot work. So God had to raise Paul up and speak to Peter and bring him back to the path of the just. So we're justified in the eyes of God and Christians are in Christ at the right hand of the Father. All that they will ever be without any flaws, perfectly righteous, just, and holy, and everything that we're going to be and should be. But here in this earth, Paul says, but I have to live in this body by the faith of the Son of God that loved me and gave himself for me. And he tells Peter, we're justified, Peter, by the faith of Jesus Christ. He doesn't say by faith in. He says by the faith of Jesus Christ. It's what Jesus did by grace through faith at the cross that allows us to be justified by our believing upon Him. And He gives us that measure of faith, Romans 12, 3, when we believe. So let's move on here. So when Paul says we, it's very precious when I read the word we that the Holy Spirit gave Paul to write because it's... it's And it's not excluding intentionally because God's will is that all be saved and all know how to live in victory in this great salvation and live by faith and walk in this grace that this faith allows us to walk and stand in, praise God. But the we here is that are those who have their their faith where it was when they were born again in what justified them, Christ and Him crucified. So verse 3 says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also knowing, knowing that tribulation works patience. Not reading, not hearing the preacher tell me, not me just having thoughts about it. You've got to know. If your faith is in Christ, in Him crucified, the Holy Spirit now is able to show you in the Word what you have access to experience by His power. And He can teach you. I'm not talking about speak to you alone. He does that. But whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, showing you, it's something He wants you to to walk in in experience. And that's what the very word knowledge here means. An experiential knowledge. Not just say, oh yeah, I know that. See, I did that for years as a Christian. I was saved at 11 years old. Somebody would show up and start talking about the Lord and I'd say, yeah, 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 I know all that. And uh, But I wasn't walking in the experiential knowledge of that. And their knowledge here means experience. experience knowing that tribulation. See, you've got to know this in a hard experience. The Bible says Adam knew his wife and she conceived. Do you see the importance of that word know, the intimacy of that word know? He knew her and she became pregnant. The Bible says in John 17, 3 that this is eternal life that they know the one true God and His Son Jesus Christ whom He sent. Do you see the the intimacy of that word know there? This is eternal life that they know the one true God. And we only know the one true God through the Son that He sent to die for our sins. The Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. It's the only way. So when we see the word knowing, this, this knowing 
is only for those who not break out the Bible when they're going through a hard time, but those who break out the Bible every day because they need this daily bread, they know that faith can't come without hearing the Word of God. Not reading it, but hearing it. I open my Bible. God, speak to me. I need you to minister to me today. I live by faith. I walk by faith. But that faith only comes when I hear the Word. And so as we keep our faith in the sacrifice of Christ, the only place that our faith can be that allows the Holy Spirit to teach us and to work that in which He's teaching us, to bring us into an experiential knowing, knowledge of what we're reading. If all you do is read this and try to say it to yourself and quote it to yourself when you get in hard times and trouble, troublesome situations, that won't work. You have to know this, that that faith that saved you is the same faith that allows you to stand in this grace and this grace, that means again, what God is able to do in you is to... Uh, to strengthen you to be able to rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but He will strengthen you to be able to glory even in tribulations because you know something. And the Bible here in verse 3 tells what it is that we know. We know that tribulation is working for us doing something good bringing about an opportunity for us to let patience have her perfect work, James wrote, so that we won't lack anything. But know here that endurance is a necessity of the experience. Many Christians quit when tribulations come because they don't know They can read it and say, yeah, 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 I see it. But you've got to know it. And that means you've got to believe it by faith. Faith. Listen, faith is the substance. Hebrews chapter 11. Faith is the substance of that in which we're hoping. The evidence of things unseen. Faith. When you place faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary, you weren't there. You've never seen that in the natural. But your faith in that, God opens your eyes and then brings you into His marvelous kingdom where you can now understand the Word. And faith is the only avenue in which God operates in our life. And because it's by grace what God will do through your faith. Amen. What God did in Christ at the cross, reconciling sinners to Himself, 2 Corinthians 5 and 19, is including you through your faith. God saw your faith in Christ and He immersed you into Christ, Romans 6 and 3, and really from the foundation of the world. Let me say something about that. Every once in a while, somebody will say, I don't know why you guys think you've got to have your faith in the cross. <coughs> That's in the past. Can I remind us all today that the cross has always been in the past for God? As far as, as, far as let me try to explain. The Bible says in Revelation 13, 8, that the Lamb was slain from before the foundation of the world. Think about that. 
And the Bible says in Hebrews 4 and 3 that the works of God were finished from the foundation of the world. So before God set things in motion, God was already done in His plan, His orchestrated plan that He laid out. That's, how, that's why He could rest on the seventh day because He already had the answer before He set things in motion. So the cross in the mind of God, although it had to be carried out by Jesus and although you had to show up and believe and be born again, listen, it was a done deal. It was always in the past with men because it was from before the foundation of the world. So that's why you know, the Lord's trying to equip us who have our faith in the cross and, and we declare the cross and we live this cross life by humility and obedience to the truth, which is faith in Christ and Him crucified. Galatians chapter 3 reveals that to us. And so when people say these things, but well, that's in the past. You need to understand the cross has always been in the past. The works were finished from before the foundation of the world. So you need to take that and use that. And God will give you what you need to say. These teachings in our church services, they're all about coming together and praising God, worshiping God, and edifying one another unto love and good works and things of that, what the Bible calls our fellowship, our worship services are about. But one of the most important things of gathering together with the saints, whether it's one of these broadcasts or a worship service, is you walking away, you leaving with something an equipping that's greater than what you had. You're, not, you're in a learning process, child of God. You're, you're hearing the Word of God and, and now you leave and you, you're trusting in what Christ did at Calvary, the avenue through which God gives grace and that avenue alone, Galatians 2.21, spells that out in plain English. And while your faith is there, He will show you the, the, the context of His Word and what He's showing you is what He wants to empower you to walk in. And as long as you keep your faith in the cross, He will show you things to come. He will show you things in His Word. He will reveal the truths of His Word to you and empower you to walk in this truth and learn to love this truth. Praise God. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. So here we see, knowing that tribulation works patience. See, only through faith can you work, walk in a place of knowing. Only, through, only by grace, what God does through your faith, your faith in Christ and what He did at the cross, can you walk in a place of knowing. That means experiential knowledge. Amen. Somebody said amen. And if this is... And this is why most people in the church, they'll throw the towel in. They'll quit. Their testimony will be that which, which is, well, I used to be in church. Well, I used to teach Sunday school. I used to read the Bible every day. I used to. In the past. It's past tense. What they had with God is in the past tense. And it's because they didn't understand this, that you have to fight the good fight of faith. Your fight is not against sin. Jesus already defeated sin. You don't, listen, you're not here to say no to sin. It's already been defeated. You're here to say yes to Jesus and the way He provided for you, which is the way of the cross, and that's the only way He's provided for you. 
That's the only way He's provided for you. And as long as you fight to keep your faith in the cross, books written with catchy titles, family members trying to keep you in a church that's not a church ministering the Word of God in the wisdom of the cross that it was written, every jot, every tittle, every verse, Jesus said the Scriptures were about him and James wrote that the Word of God is our law of perfect, law of liberty. So if the Scriptures are about Jesus and they are the perfect law of liberty and we know that only Jesus can liberate through the cross in which He bare for us, then everything in the Bible has to be first looked at through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I can confirm that with more scripture. Uh, Proverbs 8 and 8 says that all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. Write it down. Write it down. Go study it. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. And, the, and you can't separate righteousness from Christ. Romans 1, 16 and 17 says the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel from faith to faith. That means God reveals it to us upon our believing upon Christ, gives us that measure of faith, and we go from justifying faith to justifying faith to justifying faith. Glory to God, that's good news. That's the simplicity of Christ. Men come along and try to look like they're really smart and preach messages that are way up here above everybody's head because they want them to look at them like they've got something nobody else has. But listen, it's all about Jesus. The Bible is about Jesus. It's our perfect law of liberty. And the only way that Jesus liberated us was through the cross and what, his, what He did there. So God's Word is the wisdom of the cross. <laughs> That's so simple. That's so powerful. Oh, glory to God. That's good stuff. So He wants His church to come back to a place of experiential knowledge experiencing Him in the truth that He works in. Psalms 33, 4, write it down, powerful scripture. For the word of the Lord is right and all His works. Somebody help me here. All His works are done in truth. Praise God. Now I know somebody's saying right now, I've got to go back and listen to this again. I've never heard this kind of teaching. I've never heard this. All I've heard is little stories being told. And, and let me say something about that today, about stories. You know, the people in the, all those good stories you read, David and Goliath and Noah and Abraham and, <clears throat> and the three Hebrew boys thrown in the fire and all those stories. And even, even when Jesus walked on the earth, healed blind Bartimaeus and the woman with the issue of blood, those people have nothing to do with you. Nothing. That was them then. Here you are today. The only thing that ties us to having a, a, a greater uh, a hope and being able to be comforted by the Scriptures is the cross of Christ. That's it. We can through the cross, the gospel of Jesus Christ, see that what He did for them under the old covenant, He'll do greater things for us under the new covenant because it is a greater, more precious covenant with greater and more precious promises. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. That's good news, my friend. So if we're just telling the old Bible stories and we're not tying them to, which the Holy Spirit will always do, tying him to Jesus and what he did at Calvary, there's no application for us of what happened in the past. The cross is the crossover. 
And the only way the Scriptures can be learning for us, and the New Testament says they should be something we learn from. That's right. Don't throw them out. We learn from the Scriptures. Why? Because they're about Jesus. John 5, 39. Jesus said, you search, or He told them, search the Scriptures. For there you think you have life, but they are they which testify of Me. Watch this now. He said, but you won't come to Me. For the Scriptures to have any effect on anybody in the, in the way God wants them, a saving and keeping and power and provisional effect, our faith must be in Christ. And every Scripture must be seen through Christ. Remember, every word of His mouth is in righteousness. And righteousness is only revealed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise God. That's good stuff. Well, I, you know, I've never heard this. Well... The reason a Christian can even hear a teaching such as this and get confused is because we've been listening to stuff that's brainwashed us and pushed us farther and farther and farther away from the reality of faith and grace. And it's only those who will hear these teachings like this that is a call back to faith and grace, back to the cross, back to our first love. Only those who are broken and repent are able to come back to their first love. And when that is taking place, you will leave the places that have held you in captivity. Preachers that, that have feelings for you and emotions for you, but they are, not, they are not teaching this. I can't help that. God doesn't wink at ignorance, but He commands men everywhere to repent. And when you start hearing the truth, the more the truth you acknowledge and you subject yourselves to, the, more, the quicker you're going to come out of that which has held you, whether it be some denominational name or it be some friends or relatives or some preacher that you've really liked. You have to let go, but you can't let go till you grab a hold of what is sturdy and what is stable. That's the truth. We think we got to just go cut something off. No, grabbing a hold of the truth and beginning to allow the Holy Spirit to walk you in truth <clears throat> in and of itself will be a move of God that will just move you into truth and there will be those that won't come with you and that's how this separation works. They don't cut us off. We don't cut them off. We just walk in a place where most today won't walk. Faith in the cross alone. And then they stop. And yes, folks that won't go with you into this truth of Christ and Him crucified eventually will begin to throw rocks at you. But you have to be willing to know this. If you value their relationship more than you do the truth, you cannot be the disciple of Christ. That means that's the stopping place for your learning. If you value relationships calling that unity a false unity if it's not the unity of the faith of Jesus Christ, Ephesians 4. It's not unity because you're getting together. It's unity if you're all speaking the same thing. That's the gospel. Focus gospel. Think about that. It's not unity unless that's where you are, unless the minister is opening the Word of God and declaring to you the revelation of Christ and Him crucified from the Word. And I've given you enough already today at least to get you stirred up and to get you at least looking in the right direction. 
You're going to have to believe God. Every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, you can watch these live teachings. Go back under the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and avail yourself of all these half-hour teachings on Romans as well as the Galatians teaching on Cross Time with Pastor Curtis or our worship services. And if you're anywhere near Texarkana, Queen City, Atlanta, Texas, join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., Wednesday nights at 6.40 p.m. And until next time, God bless you, we love you, and stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you.